This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thank you for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is where I like to give my context warning and trigger warnings before each episode and this week we're going to talk about the lost boys and we're going to talk about joel schumacher so we're going to end up talking about some of the um let's just say vibes we get off joel schumacher and as i say we i say that in the collective we i don't know if it's something that as two cis guys we're gonna nail but you know bear with us there and we'll have some weird rants about bernie mac as well and cubs baseball so be prepared, otherwise let's get to the vampires. Little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And welcome to 90 for Chill the Podcast. This is your host, Catbus Russ, as all my podcast friends like to call me. You can follow what I'm watching on Letterboxd using a variant of my old handle. That's letterboxd.com slash cmdarth. And if you want your Amazon Echo or Google Nest device to do all the work for you, just ask it to play podcast by Russ Stevens, and it should get you to here. And this week, Couchman Bakes returns. The Couchman Andrew TD is on the show and was going to discuss the Lost Boys. We go on uh, some weird tangents, as I mentioned in the disclaimer. Even some gun control by the end, but I digress. And I also throw in a review, just in case I couldn't get this pulled off. I was prepping my vampire work, so we will also address Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter from 2001. So that's what to expect on the show. It was a long night for me tonight. Uh, did get a nap in there, fortunately, but we're looking around 12.45 on Tuesday, so hopefully I'll get this out by 2 a.m. But, you know, if you want to help the podcast, come and be my guest. Be my guest. And we'll stop before I go into that copyright stuff. Send an email to rustabus07 at gmail.com. Offer me a movie, a director, an actor, a theme. Just uh, keep it a focus on about... 70 to 99 minutes and i think we'll have a slice of fried podcast gold otherwise rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps i do reciprocate those five stars my username on apple is scoop staley so i guess i'm really wrapping it up uh quicker than i expected i just guess i want to go to bed there's a couple of tough nights over the last week did a lot of drinking getting a lot of podcast recording done on sunday night and uh, still recovering from knee injuries from trivia and goth night in Champaign-Urbana. So that's the excitement in my life, I suppose. Otherwise, just trying to hold back Ava from her want, her hunger. I guess she's the ultimate vampire since Skimble's gone and she demands wet food. So that's my life in a nutshell. So, but... You're not here for my life, you're here for the movie. So let's get on to the show. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. 
you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Right, so we are back with 90 for Chill, the podcast, and our good friend of the show, Andrew Tini, has returned, which we're going to discuss Joel Schumacher's classic. And honestly, after this last rewatch, it's like, well, I can see the skepticism from some, but uh, the Lost Boys, more importantly, though, this like just prepping vampire wise i did just rewatch uh jesus christ vampire hunter and uh so i i'm just glad that okay regardless of my backpedaling that might may occur may uh <laughs> i am ready i believe so how are we doing andrew i'm doing fantastic i'm already kind of gonna butt heads with you a little bit though you're like you know, i'm gonna try to maintain with the you know with, with this like yeah, I can see the skepticism, yada, yada. No, no, no. If you look at this through a, the glasses of just, nine, it's 1988. Look at through, just you just remember, this is this is 87 when this movie came out. Yes. The, the, you know, let's not let's not try to compare it to no, the, no, the no. cinematic masterpieces you get nowadays. No, no, this not. Movie, this, movie, this movie had a cheap-ass budget. What? debatable i mean it was a richard donner production and to a set sense it's like could this have been goonies too well and that's kind of originally what they wanted to do with it okay originally this whole thing was going to be like a pg g-rated oh yeah and it's really not that hard a um r by any stretch of the imagination really and, and really all they did to get that r was turn the characters from eight nine year eight nine year olds in the case of like okay the brothers and everything and like yeah 12 year old for david and the vampire or for um yeah david and the vampires mm-hmm. um you know the frog brothers were chubby boy scouts in, in that original version okay well so all, that's all an upgrade did, anyhow it, right so all they did was like crank up the age a little bit of nookie nookie and not much i mean not, no 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 i mean a very tame nookie nookie yeah i was gonna say I'm, I'm looking where is jamie gertz boobs somewhere you, really, you get like a little side boob yeah no right. i'm just saying she's also in uh the same this is a big year for her she was mm-hmm. also in uh damn it i just forgot the name of it. robert downey jr james spader andrew mccarthy yeah, because um, I know she, I know she did Space Babies around this time too. That's solar Babies, did, yeah, solar, yeah, because that's actually how she got this gig because she worked with the guy that played Michael in that, Jason Patrick, right? Yes, thank you. I was brain farting there. Yeah. Oh no, we're we're doing this. It's all over the place. Uh, uh, deep cuts, deep cuts. Yeah, eight eight. You know, work day. You know, getting to work at eight thirty, 
And however, uh, Andrew maintains himself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see. So I, it's, it was, it's just, it now, now I even remember the, um, the name of the author that that uh, other movie was inspired, uh, was based off of, uh, Brett Ellison. Oh yeah, what what yeah yeah I, actually, I know I, it's that came, that came up in my uh, little fact finding uh, mission that I do for the prep for these things and yeah I yeah it it it's gone in a puff of smoke we shall say yes yes uh oh she Jamie Gertz keep, keeps busy I mean she's uh like I got to page down I got to hit the more titles on her IMDb granted I'm doing a Chromebook oh shoot less than zero. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is a uh, definitely one of the early, like, I think one of the better early drug, you know, mm-hmm. drug movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it has like the punch you in the. the uh, that's that's yeah. That's what I'm. Effect of like say a train spotter. Oh, or my favorite movie actually, but. <laughs> um, no, I mean, well, you're. It's not Andrew McCarthy who's doing the drugs right it's trying to deal with your friend and okay yes so that explains a lot of my life but (laughs) um yeah so no i didn't really catch on to that and as i say it was a richard that was one thing i failed to like put in my nose until like last minute oh richard donner (laughs) produced this he originally was gonna direct it Mm -hmm. and it was actually taking him a long time to get get this thing like ready to be made because he had joined on like four years before it even got filmed right well i mean he did goonies two years prior right and he he had gotten pretty bored with the project so he just went off and said i'm gonna go direct this little thing called lethal weapon yeah no, I'll, still pro- I'll still produce the sucker right and then uh, actually his wife suggested schumacher Right, and uh, all I can say about Schumacher, and I'll just... Well, I mean, I can save save it for Schumacher. He is honestly an underappreciated director. He's a polarizing director. Well, I'm just saying, like, well, you have your Tigerlands. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's... He, he can... He, he Your phone booths. He can helm a... He can helm a good movie. Uh, unquestionably good movie, you know. Um, but then when you get your... I didn't want to jump in it too fast because I got the movie playing in my peripheral and we haven't gotten to uh, Timmy Capello yet. Oh, yes. No, everybody, everybody giggles with the. Oh, I have anticipation for Timmy. I I almost bought a shirt last week online. It was just him and all his glory in the movie. Uh, I believe I, I, I haven't bought it yet. So just, uh, yeah, with this little sidetrack. All right. Shot him alert to start the show. Cheers. Cheers. I don't think there's enough for a shot, so I'll just... Yeah, yeah. we'll do enough. Yeah, we'll just go. Okay. It's all about masochism if you drink Malort. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm always ready, but yeah. All I'm, right. I'm a- no, I was just saying I'm a masochist because I'm a Cubs fan, but you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to kind of appreciate that the, um, you know, we had a good four year. Well, I mean, it ended up being a good five, six season I, run. I, I, I would say you could probably make an argument for five, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 2015, 2020, we made the playoffs yeah. regardless. So, I mean, 
obviously the fire sale in 2021, but it, it's just a weird situation with the Cubs. Because uh, we, we, we still we still drink on that sacred sad day in this household. No, it's <laughs> the fire uh, sale about broke me. I mean. I was actually guys at Disney World. Uh, so my parents decided, oh, for their uh, 45th wedding anniversary, they're going to take the Disney family to Disney World. And um, no, as I'm entering one of the parks and I've got, uh, let's see, how many Cubs tattoos do I have? I got my David Bowie. So the 2016, the tattoo is uh, mm-hmm. my Chicago, my 1970s Chicago Cubs um, Cubby Bear. Um, but I got it all in black with the Ziggy with the Aladdin Sane David Bowie Thunderbolt going through it, and they won. And that's the and I didn't see any games that season because I was like all over like the last four years, uh, two or three games, four games maybe a season. And that yeah, for just uh, moving the champagne, and I couldn't get up to any Cubs games. And I really should have just spent the thousand dollars and call, and no called no showed my job to drive to Cleveland. <laughs> um, so that's um. It, but no, the year before that, like I was trying to come up with a wrestling comeback idea. So I thought Green Street Hooligans meets Clark Street. So I've got the uh, so I've got a uh, be, ah sorry difficult to your word okay, maneuver so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. There. Okay. So we got a bullet club hybrid. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, because I, I again, being anti-gun, I can't. No, can't do bullets. Got to be cubby. So, and I ended up not doing cubby because I think pro wrestling tees beat me to that. So it's like wow. one, the one twenty club. So Good. yeah, and my first tattoo was a Cubs, Cubs, uh, the eighties Cubs cubby bear. Yes. And that was supposed to be all of the tattoos. Actually. Yeah. Um the nineties one isn't bad. It's just was a, such a change. Right. Um, and I'm not I've never really been a fan of the cub and the sea. Uh, it, I don't hate that one. Oh, I don't like the walking cub. Like sometimes when I see the cub like pro you know, uh profile mm-hmm. in, in the sea, that looks all right. But see I I'm actually gonna Pissed you off. Um, I actually like the walking one with, instead of the one you just said. Yeah, no, I and I get that. It's like, um, yeah, it's just not like, I don't know. Maybe it was a throwback to the old old Cubby Bear with the bat. Like, uh, one of my favorite hats, which is like, of course, had white. Uh, it was the uh, foul ball Cubby. Yes. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it was like it was a nice green cap with the. Uh, white but white front and so wore that sweated that so yeah out of the rotation white white hats are not a great thing no it is they are not so well all right well so let's see masochism well if you're gonna equate that to joel schumacher that obviously is batman forever i'm not sold on people who say that's a camp fat favorite hold on batman forever no, I don't mind sorry, sorry, Batman and Robin. Okay, okay. Yeah. We were about to we were about to have words, sir. Yes, no, no, no. Um, no, Batman Forever. The worst thing about that is, um, well, it's Tommy Lee Jones doing his, you know, the 
oh, the little cartoons on Saturday morning with the shrimp and the fire back and the riding the seahorses. Yes, yes. Swedish chef. All the time in that one. Uh, Jim Carrey should have been up for an Oscar for supporting actor in that one. It, at the at the very least, they could have threw him a bone. At if I'm not mistaken, he didn't even get a bone thrown at him at the MTV Awards that year. Yeah, maybe you're best, right. Which maybe, is maybe best villain. I could have seen that. Um, I don't remember. That was a long time ago, and a lot of right. Ago. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's Batman Forever. I mean, it gave us Stardust. Which it did, yeah. I mean, that's who Cody says the entire gimmick was I, based around. I see it, yeah. Um, yeah, Royal Rumble, it was a all right show, and now we're getting to Timmy Capella, so good. We just okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like I didn't, show. I didn't want Cody, Cody coming in at 30 to, I mean, I understand why you do that. The guy's coming I, off an I, injury, I, I didn't. I didn't expect to see him a 425. I knew he was going to be like one of the last five. Right. Oh, yeah. It's just like, but you made Gunter the Walter, sorry, Walter, the Iron Man. It's Which like, I think was a genius move. Yes, if it is. If they're trying to establish him back As to a, the credibility he had in NXT and before. Right. No, it was a, it was a great move. It's like just I didn't want to see, but you know, Cody is a sports entertainer. I think that was the biggest problem with his. Uh, I mean, yes, it created AEW because he had the personality, which the uh, the Bucks and Kenny didn't have. Right. I mean, the Bucks and Kenny, like all their all their stuff is inside baseball jokes. Yes. And um, yeah, great, it, great, great wrestling. Like, no, Cody yeah, can't. Yeah, Cody can't. Wrestling, yeah, phenomenal wrestling. Funny and intense promos yeah inside inside baseball jokes all day every day right uh cody cody brought that i mean it's dusty i'll, I'll even say that obviously so, yeah brought that to the to the elite i better say yeah yeah when your dad's dusty and your brother's you know dustin rose who's bad or good has some very creative twist on lots of things oh i mean Dustin, I can't, I can't ever badmouth. You saw him wrestle Terry Funk and Peoria. Nice. Uh, so we're talking um, New Blood versus Millionaires Club era. Okay. And um, like they're doing a, they're doing a match, and then Terry Funk just pushes the referee back and says, grabs a mic and says, "No, this is going to be a hardcore match now." And they go to the point where it's like. Oh no, it's gonna be a kiss my ass math. He does a bare ass stink face to Dustin Rhodes. What smack Yes. No, no, I I I can't, you know, couldn't expect a, any different reaction when I said that. And it's like I'm sitting behind Dust uh t- Terry's ass. Like, oh. And it's like <laughs> that's where Dustin earned my respect. And that's where I learned that in professional wrestling, I mean, it took me a while to finally lose to a girl, but you got to give up shame at all. Oh yeah. And never mind, I was a big Chris Candido guy, and if you saw any of his indie matches, he's wrestling at least 2 minutes with his ass just hanging out of his trunks. Mhm. So But um yeah, so right now in the movie, I we get introduced to Max, which is kind of like I think and this might be the disconnect 
Sure. I, I think if you're not a fan of the Gilmore Girls, as a well, as a as a as a Gen Z, definitely millennials. Right. I mean, nah, you should just have some. Yeah, and, sense. And, and, yeah. And anyone anyone under forty five is probably gonna know who this is. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah it's uh and I wrote sadly uh Edward Herman. Yes, Edward Herman. Yes, right. Um, who yeah. who. Non-ironically, I always would have thought if they did a Munsters thing in that time frame, he would have made a good Hermit. Yeah. No, he's got the height, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch Rob Zombies. It doesn't seem as bad as it looks. I haven't watched it yet. But it's a PG-rated Rob Zombie movie, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. People, were, people were expecting this to be a little off the wall. Yeah, no, no. By... I mean, by not even making it PG thirteen, he really constricted himself. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. But I'm just saying, like, uh, so here's the big thing, I guess, is um, uh, talking with my older sister, the poetic critic, and I got myself another. Somehow, I always managed. Like, I had her lined up in case, like, oh shoot, what am I gonna do with Rory? Oh, Buckaroo Bonsai. All right, give her that episode. Uh. <laughs> If we can agree that the, um, uh, dare I say, the uh, curtain call at the end, like the movie ends at one thirty-eight, and then you have this entire cre- opening, the end credit sequence, which is just basically everybody from the movie just walk in. Yes. Like, I don't think that's narratively important. But, so it's not a stinger, but I mean, I guess it says the entire vibe of the movie, like. Right, but this isn't Buckaroo Bonsai. That's for the poetic critic. Um, but she was she's the one who said, "Oh no, Boss Boys overrated." I don't think she's a Goonies fan either. But um, and the, but I bring up I bring up that just because 1987 you had Near Dark, yes, which is definitely the superior vampire movie. I'd say to the Lost but, Boys, but doesn't but but doesn't have the longevity. Yeah, but that's more like nobody got to really see it. And then when Lionsgate got the Blu-ray, if you weren't at a Walmart in 2007, <laughs> you're not going to find February it. February on a Tuesday after 3 p.m. Yes. No, I, like, as I say, I found it pretty easy, but then, and I grabbed it. Oh, Vampires, Lance Henriksen, Bill, Bill Paxton. Yeah. And then I didn't even think about Kathleen Bigelow and... <laughs> But it's funny would you would you say would you say that those all those people are like now imagine if you know the guy who loves to direct those people Cameron got his hands on them and did that same movie. Well, Bigelow won her best picture, and well, I mean she probably did more movies, but probably less time. Yeah, I haven't. And Hurt Locker is a blind spot on my like. It's again it when you start when I started this podcast, it's kind of like oh shoot. <laughs> You don't want to spend seven bucks on iTunes. Right. And like, oh, I don't have the time for the movie. And that's kind of sad, especially after Jerry Re- Jeremy Renner has lost a leg. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know you well, I didn't know if he was tagging. <laughs> um but so that's um but since we got to Timmy Capello, who still is in jacked form. I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have the cum gutters, but right. I saw him on. Uh, I was he's got he's got to be what damn near seventy, uh, definitely late sixties. Um, 
like uh but i mean he he came on so michelle wolf um probably best known from the daily show and she was a writer on uh late night with seth myers which is my uh which is my go-to show still i'd rather get the satire than you know jimmy fallon stroking somebody and colbert colbert is in that weird spot where like you were a character that's what right your job and now you're you're living the gimmick brother yeah (laughs) um so that's um but there was a show on netflix only one season uh the break with michelle wolf and one bit she had one of the episodes she had timmy capella come on like she would read the depressing story and then like the saxophone and uh yeah no i mean he doesn't have the cum gutters anymore but and i i guess he got his start as tina turner's saxophone player i did know that yeah where where i always i thought about it like yeah if i was to picture a saxophone player for tina turner it'd be that dude yeah so i'm getting the age on timmy capello right now 67 okay so last time i saw him last time i saw him maybe he was uh five years ago and he's still like pretty jacked huh yeah Vince McMahon got nothing on him I was actually just talking like literally like three days ago with one of my coworkers, my my boss actually about we were talking about how great this movie is yes and uh we got talking about um Mr. Petto and um I guess he still does this gig like he shows up like county fairs and stuff and places like that and you know Shirt off, chains on, baby oil, playing the saxophone. Yeah. Still rocking it. Yeah. Um, but I guess that kind of brings me finally to the uh, Joel Sh- uh, Schumacher always trying to make something gay. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, honestly. No. It, yeah, gay, non-derogatory. But um, yeah. if, if you're a Smosh fan, you get that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... um. Where are they going with us? Yeah, no, it, it it's just the, he he's a very directed, you know, albeit again not in a derogatory way, but just a flamboyant flamboyant kind of person. Yeah, just everything is a spectacle, which which makes it which makes his movie stand out. Well, uh, you say that, and it's like I I haven't seen Tigerland, but I mean, it, um, it, but I hear the style the style is very yes. like. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I've heard the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you can see it in Flatliners, like mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, I'm gonna have Stephen Baldwin shag, I mean, and uh, record a bunch of chicks, but yeah, I'm gonna throw a penis joke right in his face. Julia Roberts, can you deliver on that? <laughs> so, and any entire, like, it's one of those things like it's like okay yeah it's he just puts it out there and i'm not saying you know he's overtly you know overtly putting out like gay vibes but it's like right uh, yeah this is in your you know like yeah this is kind of like are really you're enjoying this movie are you uncomfortable with this oh definitely and i'm I'm not saying this from like the red hat point of view of Mm -hmm. like oh it's the gay you know he's oh no 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 he's definitely not doing that it's just that you know he's putting down stuff that he as you know a human being would like to see yeah and no and it's like and as they say it's like he um unless the movie doesn't work 
Batman and, Batman Robin, and Robin, nobody gives a crap. Like that's yeah, my would, big I thing would... about Venom. Uh, there will be carnage. Oh, is the entire. I mean, that's one of those like, like, yeah, you could like, I, I dug kind of the um, Venom and Eddie Brock breakup bit. Yeah. I thought that was good, but that's like the movie. We didn't even need Carnage. That, yeah, exactly. That's what I was get kind of about to say when my wife and I went and saw it. We didn't hate the movie. We just the pacing was so weird. Like, by the well, time yeah, we... it's a ninety-minute movie. I mean, it's an hour thirty-seven. It. I but, I did the episode on it, but uh, by yeah. the time we got through, like you were saying, like by the time we got through all the Eddie Venom breakup stuff and got to them fighting Carnage, the movie was over. Yeah. Um. So I hope they took that out of Adams and Andy Serkis's hand. He directed it, and it's like. No, Andy Serkis is a treasure. You, you. Yeah. Surely it's uh, Sony who screwed that up. And I guess you could say Morbius, which I haven't watched yet. But I judging that, don't know if I can. I want to, but I don't uh, know. How did this can. get made? Did a pot, live podcast on it. So it's okay. like, I have to, now Now I kind of have to watch it. I mean, I didn't plan on watching Hurricane Heist at any point in my life. Wow. But, you know, you're the one, huh? I'm sorry? You're the one, huh? I didn't watch it until I heard, oh, how did this get made? And then I was like, well, I got a, I got 25, I got 75 cents off at Redbox. Let's see. Oh, dude. And I, and I like, I re- like, I pull for anybody from the True Blood movies to True Blood TV series to sure, do yeah. something. Like, but yeah, no. Sorry, Ryan Quatron. <laughs> That's that's Ozzy Ozzy Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Bravo. Yes. Which I mean, you're the TikTok guy. Do you ever watch Ozzy Man? Oh god, I have I have been watching Ozzy Man for since the Vine days. Oh, see ya. There, there you go. It's like I I was never like Vine, I don't know. Ugh. I got into I got into it like literally about a month before it shut down because my yeah. girlfriend was a Vine person. She was showing me all the videos. Oh no! I um, so for me the big one was Cole Cabana putting a sticker on Brian Cage's back. <laughs> yeah, that was the only Vine I knew. <laughs> so, all right. So, I'm just saying, like, um, when it comes back to the near dark versus. Lost Boys. I mean, there's really no like, as I say, there's a Goonies vibe to this. Well, and 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 that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Do you know why they were originally going to have young kids in the movie as opposed to teenagers? No, I didn't dig that deep. Uh, because they were going to make a Peter Pan movie. Well, obviously, it's the I'm I'm kind well, of familiar with that element, the Lost Boys. Yeah, like, the, the David vampire was going to be Peter Pan, and that's yeah. how all these Lost Boys live forever and stay young forever. They're all flipping vampires, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I know it's like, well, it makes total sense. It's kind of like, no offense to Corey Haim, it's like they really should have dug into the Goonies by this point. Like definitely Sean Astin's Corey Feldman's age. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I was at uh fan expo and they had, um, 
So uh, Sean Astin couldn't make it to like the last two days. Like they had the Hobbit reunion. I skip. Yeah. I skip for uh, Jay and Silent Bob get old. The podcast. Wife choice. Right. And I and the night before I saw the Friendship Onion with uh, Dominic Monaghan and uh, Billy Boyd. Anyhow. Oh, nice, nice. So yeah, uh, I don't dig the fact that I had to pay each for each one of those like to be present in each one of those podcasts. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Yeah, no fan. I, I'm as C two E two is my thing. I just like the kind of inside baseball of it. Like, oh no, this is going to be more corporate. It's like, right? Well, you know, I get to see the aliens uh, short films for the 40th anniversary before anybody. Yeah, I'll take that. Yes, yes. Um, so it's like, uh, but um, lost a thought. You want? Uh, I'm not even that. I mean, no, I'm probably plenty. I didn't get to eat today. <laughs> so, um, but it's like, okay. So I did see, um, so they were, I don't know if they intended to be a Goonies reunion. Like they scheduled Corey Feldman and, um, the, um, woman, uh, the woman who uh, played not the, not the girl. The sidekick glasses, you know. Uh, Martha Plimpton, I believe, is the yes. No, no, I I don't know. Shoot, that would be way too easy. I did see their panel, and like that was just a weird production because of all the stuff they ended up cutting from the Goonies. Word, yeah. So, um, I mean, everyone knows by now, you know, the octopus got cut. Yes, yeah, and she was pretty. Whoever it was was pretty (laughs) sorry. Uh, internet, um, yeah. Jeez, like then I get a. I'm just going on IMDb and like Sean Astin never shook that baby fat off, which is not a bad thing. Like I'm, no. I carry it. <laughs> but, see, it it works for him. Yeah, no, every bit like there I was, think I think the fact that he had that baby chubby face of his is what made part of what made Rudy so dang good. Yeah. No, I well, I've never actually seen Rudy, but that's because <laughs> that is okay. Look, that's because my father's from Michigan State. And, okay, see, I, see, and I'm and from, like I'm his, from two, I'm from two hours away from South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. Indiana. Yes, so and it was required, and I played football. It was re- it was required viewing for us. No, I I understand that, and uh, no, like we had and blue chips and break and breaking away. Yeah, no. Um, and with that said, though, it's like we did have a kid on our um, football team a, with the last name Rediger. Oh God! So, so he 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 got he got uh, saddled with that. Oh yeah, nickname. Um, oh, yeah. So no, it actually was Carrie Green. So she played um she played the girl. Now that I'm looking yes. at it. Um, oh my man, Goonies! It's like damn it. Why does it have to be close to two hours? And there's a lot of points in that movie. It's like I'm checking my watch. <laughs> well, I mean, and plus, you know, again, we just talk about Richard Donner movies. Yeah, that's yep. Um, but kudos to John Matsuzak. Um, just have the IMDb up. Like recently did a uh, another Joey Pants movie. Like, 
Yes. If you ever watch, if you ever listen to the rewatchable podcast on the Ringer Network, it's like they have their um, re- awards. Like you got Dion Waiters Award for the person who did the most the last time. And you got the <laughs> Joey Pants Award for the best that guy. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, a, that, that, that's a good award for him. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it wasn't, I'd say it wasn't until the turn of the century that we really ex- acknowledge, I mean, yeah, acknowledge if he wasn't Skyfer, Cypher yeah. in the Matrix. Like, well, that's just that that bald Italian guy who gives it. Right. Yeah. yeah the, 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 well, yeah, the fact that he, yeah, he did Cypher because, you know, he had done like U.S. Marshals and The Fugitive in the 90s. Yeah, I think we, we talked about that with yeah, like how he. Last, last time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I gotta get back to the notes because I mean I'm not losing it, but you know you gotta fear it. And as as I say, when it rains, it pours. It's like Word. okay, Andrew is pretty good about making times. I'm worse than he is, honestly, uh, from our history. But it's like uh, I better get a backup. So yeah, you know, getting my sister on there. So ooh, so um. Yeah, so there's um, so there's just a few initial questions, like the security guard at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, look, if you've already threatened these guys at least twice, and, and they still I, keep showing up, maybe you should get in on what they're doing. Well, see, here's the thing. I think he was. Uh, I think, you know, you know, spoiler to the end of the movie, you know, Grandpa knew about vampires the whole damn well, time. Well, that was my biggest question: is why didn't Diane Weiss know about the vampires right. the damn time? And, and you know, so but but like, and we'll get to that in a second. But like going back to the security guard guy, if Grandpa knew, obviously he's probably not the only homie in Santa Clara that knows Santa Carla. Oh, but Clara, that well, that was an issue that they had in the movie too, and I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. In fact, I'll, I'll do that right now. Oh, beginning scene of the movie, you know, when they're showing all the weirdos around the boardwalk and yeah. stuff, you can clearly see a license plate frame and it says, you know, whoever Chevrolet, Santa Clara. And then yet they spent the money for the big neon sign and the billboard that said Santa Carla. Yeah. But they couldn't have, they couldn't change a license plate frame. <laughs> Which is kind of weird going back to Rob Zombie. Like I, you know, I say the Halloween re the first Halloween remake. The second one is like, no, that's Rob Zombie's movie. Um, and we'll leave it at that. Like the first right. Halloween make remake, it's like I see those classic like I did not like the change of the Illinois license plate. I like no. the font. I like that it was a goofy font. It was definitely very retro. Oh, word. But you know, Rob Zombie did keep that in his first Halloween movie. If you yeah. look carefully. Respect. Yeah. So um yeah, it's but it's like, yeah, no, you gotta catch those little continuity details. Like there's like this is Keith or Sutherland's first big movie, so it's not like you had didn't have the money. <laughs> right. Well right. The, well the thing is their budget was originally twenty million bucks. Well, that's a lot for eighty seven. Right. But when shoe when when shoemaker came with his cast for the uh now teenager young adult movie the studio is like we don't know who any of these people are except the lady who just won an oscar yeah um 
so no and he's like well, i'm doing it anyway he goes they go fine you can do it with those people for 8.5 million dollars and they thought he would like recast and get the money he's like okay so yeah they had 8.5 million to make that movie so <laughs> well i mean like you know that's a sad thing about feldman and Haim. it's like it wasn't for the drugs man <laughs> yeah uh, which kind of brings like jumping in my notes. It's like when uh, uh, Sam asks Michael after like the I'm watching right now and I'm seeing the bridge scene, mm-hmm. and it's like Michael, are you freebasing? The world right. wants to know, and it's like, man, you're just predicting your future, Corey. I mean, we can go into the sequels and such. Um, I and no. I, I I'm. I think they hit. I think they batted a thousand five hundred on the sequels. Myself, um, from what I understand, I would say that maybe the first sequel got about a five hundred. Oh no, the first sequel sucked. Well, the, the, see, I heard they both sucked. But I heard it. I I've never seen them. But they um, said that they said that second one sucked a big one. Oh no, no, second one is is uh, Edgar Frog the movie. Hmm. Is how I mean the first one was what the first sequel is like. All right, yeah, Edgar Frog the movie. And it's like, no, this is a rehash, and it's even pissing on everything. Like they even tried to mock Timmy Capello in that movie. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Oh, yeah, that so, man is a national treasure. You leave him yeah, the hell alone, right? No, so it's like the the opening sequence. Like, so there's a great first sequence of the movie where the vampire surfers in this movie end up on the beach owned by Tom Savini who's a vampire oh okay continue all right and uh you know what are you doing on my land what do you mean it's your land like okay we'll get away oh no feel free and then you see Tom Savini's a vampire and right. then the surfers expose the fact they're a vampire and they kill Tom Savini because he just invited him onto their onto right. his land. He had, he had, they had no power. He had no power. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great scene. And then it's a retread of the entire first movie, like uh, Big Brother trying to get his horny little sister, who was great. In, I mean, the sister was great in, um, I prefer Smoking Aces 2 over Smoking Aces, but I've seen Smoking Aces a handful of times. I still don't know what the hell that was going on. Okay, Smoking Aces Two is a lot simpler. It's got okay. Vinnie. Jo- it's got Vinnie Jones and Tom Berenger. Oh, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson shows up in it too. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, no, I I say it's worth a watch. Like the first one is like, no, you're trying to be too clever for your own good. Like the yeah. entire the entire ending, like no, no, we had to keep this mobster alive because he was an agent. It, 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 yeah, it, it was very confusing. And never mind, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds not getting to be meta at all. Like, yeah, what's the, the most, point that's of? That's, yeah, that's the most un Ryan Reynolds performance I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I do like Ben Affleck and Chris Pine in it. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's very much and Commons good. But oh yeah. yeah, 
the acting wasn't bad with the exception of Ryan Reynolds. It's just, it's just such a confusing plot. Yeah. No, that's like, I mean, common. Um, I mean, Jeremy Piven is Jeremy Piven. Which is kind of sad because for better or for worse, yeah. I'm just saying, which is kind of sad, but like, all right, you got to you pretty much were nurtured by the Cusacks and you ended up being a creep, yeah, yeah, and no, and you end up being a character, a caricature of a creep, (laughs) yes, yeah. Um, but uh, see, going through my notes because I think we can get on track. Um, so I mean, it, it's kind of tr- funny with the references points in this. Like, all right, Sam and Mike's mom is Lucy, yeah, which is an obvious reference to Bram Stoker, yes. And it's like, and why didn't we just lean into that? Well, I guess you could say Max would be Max Shrek, the actor from Nosferatu, no. yeah, there you go. Um, but I don't think anybody was really hip on that until Shadow the Vampire, which I saw multiple Probably. times in theaters. I mean, there's a difference though between paying a little homage and then making it a actual thing to lean into. Well, there 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 yeah, no. It it this is a guy I mean, so this is coming from uh a guy who's probably watched this movie at least ten times. I mean, this is an easy disc to throw in there anytime. Oh, yeah. I've bought it on DVD. I bought it on Blu-ray. It was it was on AMC like last like, week. Oh, yeah, it. no, it's what's yeah, it's well, it's an easy like again. It's not. Uh, it, it's hardly an R. The worst. No. Scene, like you could say, oh, you got the my uh, Jason Patrick uh, Jamie Gertz scene which is hardly anything which yeah you you see that much on a modern day soap opera yeah and um otherwise it's not uh like and that was something i noted it's like i um, mean nothing until the vampires vampires kill the surf nazis which is how they're listed in the move in the credits is surf nazis like i was gonna say if anything's gonna push that in our our territory it would be some of the gore and the blood yeah that's that's about it yeah, nothing really heavy there, you know. Because see, that's kind of why I like because you know we could talk about vampires in movies till we turn blue in the face. And there's oh yeah, generations. But I like these guys kind of the same reason I liked the vampires from Dust Till Dawn. Oh yeah, these guys were eating them. They weren't just drinking blood. Oh no, yeah, they were eating. Mm-hmm. I gotta check. I. Great, I got to rewatch from Dust to Dawn. Okay, when does the like? Oh. There's when does the when does the action stop? All right, when do we see the pullback from the Aztec? Yes, uh, temple they were on. Like, I, th- I think we're in time limits on that one. We're, it's pushing it. Uh, I love the sequels. I love the sequels. Actually, I've never I've never seen any of the sequels or the uh, series that was on Al Ray. Oh uh, yeah, no, I hear the series was really good, but like. That might be more of legend of what El Rey Network builds itself to be. Well, true. Um, no, the first sequel with uh, Robert Patrick. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you get a Bruce Campbell cameo to open the movie. It's like nice. they knew what they were doing with that. Oh, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second sequel I thought was a lot of fun um, with uh, Michael Parks playing 
basically Ambrose Bierce. Like, why did he suddenly disappear? <laughs> this is a story. Um, and then you got the guy who played like it's definitely made for TV t- video stuff. This is before. Sure. Um, I don't want to screw up his name because I'm such a Star Wars fan. <laughs> uh, book of Boba Fett. Uh, Tamara Morrison. Yes, is in that movie. I mean, this is like two years before he was Django. So I mean, mm-hmm. and somehow they get Orlando Jones in that movie too. It, the third, the third movie. It's, well, I mean that, that that was that was coming up on the tail end of his heyday. So I mean, well, I, I think that was actually like the beginning. Like he had Mad TV, and then he. Well, and, I mean, like, had, how is he going to cross over? He had Evolution in 2000. He had the replacements in, like, 99 or 2000. Oh, I forget about 2001 for the replacements. But I forget about yeah. the replacements. Because it's just such a corny sports movie that, like, I I've love seen that it. Movie. I, no, but I've well, seen it so many times. That's I did, just too, it. But I, I still enjoy I mean, the And then when I say I've seen it so many times, it's like, you know... Major League, Slap Shot. <laughs> yes, all movies I've seen way too many times, yeah. but I still watch them way too many more times. Right. I mean, I think I've kind of mellowed on, after really appreciating Bull Durham, I've kind of mellowed on Major League, but... Okay. I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, so it's... I mean, gosh. I, I mean, I'll I'll give anything with Reese Ifens a chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and no, Jimmy. Uh, J- sorry, I was gonna say Jimmy. Uh, J- John, uh, John Favreau. I yes. mean, uh, he's awesome in it. Like, there's no everything works in that movie. Yes. It's just like, gosh, this is it's such a, a softball I mean, movie. It's like, yeah, what if we made Bad News Bears, but about adults? Yeah. It's... I mean, I'm not saying it's a cinematic classic. I just say I enjoy. Oh no, there's. I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but it's you know, a, when you copy somebody's homework, it should look like that, right? Change the work. Yeah. So, all right. So let's see. Back to my notes. So, in the movie wise, in my peripheral, we've got the entire um, Sam calling his mom. Oh yes, uh, yes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. No, he's a like. Yeah, you can understand why. Um, Lucy said, "Hey, Mike, can you watch him yeah. tonight?" Like, because he's he, he's nuttier than squirrel turds. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's and comparing then, him to the Frog Brothers. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're I mean they're they're mildly nutty, but this dude's chuck full. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, yeah. And then yeah, he's on the phone, and then Michael comes floating in the background. Yeah. The only time you really see a vampire float in the entire movie, by the way. Well, I mean, it you know definitely implied, well, they, well, and they, I can I can definitely. Well, yeah, they, well, no, I I love the fact that you never see the vampires flying except for in that final fight scene, right? Which actually it. It, 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 it was budget reasons. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Like the what I was getting to is like when the violence happens, it's pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, because it's usually off screen. Well, yeah, or something just very simple, Nanook. Yeah. Which yes. is like this is what Paw Patrol should be is freaking Nanook. Not these not these little puppies, like oh being freaking, you know, uh dark. Yeah, vampire <laughs> whooping dogs. Yeah. Like what, shoulder what? shoulder checking a vampire into a tub of holy water. Yeah. 
that yeah that's that's what i like i mean thorn is underappreciated even and i'm not a big dog person now the as a dog person this is where i gotta jump in thorn was just doing his job yeah it doesn't make him a bad boy no no it's it's the same like people say oh pit bulls are dangerous no oh no 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 people are dangerous yeah so yeah thorn did nothing wrong that's Mm. what he was trained to do yeah not doesn't make him a bad dog makes him a mistreated dog yeah i'm I'm gonna step off my 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 animal soapbox now back to well i mean it's it's kind of difficult well no it, it comes back to like um i recently had one of uh my cat's pass and it's like yes. um sorry to hear about that thank you thank you but it's like um my ex who technically was the owner of skimble um and um you know i talked to my mom it's like well how is ava handling it well she's at my side all the time now i think and like you can say oh that's just her caring for you and it's like yeah, I know she cares for me, but that's also because Skimble was doing all that bollocks of like mm-hmm. being the oh, come on, hug me, love me. Yeah, Ava, Ava just wants to be a cat, do her own thing. So can I go in a no, Russ? You don't want to deal with that paperwork and mm-hmm. another fifteen dollars a month to have another cat in the house. It's not fair to Ava. It's like yeah, yeah, Skimble wasn't exactly fair to Ava. <laughs> um. So, but it's like uh, my ex would say, um, you know, oh, well, dogs will do their best to stick around as long as they can. They won't complain. You can see they're in pain. Yeah. Cats, on the other hand, is like, yeah, I'm hurting. I've got to get the shit out of here. <laughs> right. Well, it's, and, and here's here's my um, open shut case evidence of why dogs are the best. It's a classic joke. You probably heard it, but yeah, lock your wife and your dog in the trunk of your car and drive around for a couple hours. Pop the trunk. Who's gonna be happy to see it? <laughs> that dog's gonna be happy to see it. That's why dogs are the best. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's like cats don't narc on cats are not narcs. This is true. That yeah, yeah I do. I do. <laughs> I've just made this whole argument of, hey, that's what the dog was trained to do. He's just doing his job. Drug sniffing dogs. Mind your own business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right. So no, no one asked you. So I'm just uh, looking over my notes. And it's like, oh, I missed something about Corey Hames. So doing my try hard research, oh. there was he had a couple of movies called Demolition High, Demolition University. I do not remember the cinematic. And. You can't like I hear Demolition High is definitely worth a watch. Demolition University is the only one I could find anything on. Like you get the DVD at Netflix, mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but they basically like the uh guy from the Bad Movie Bible uh YouTube channel basically said, Yeah, he was totally off his rocks on drugs during that movie, uh, which goes back to like. I don't want to say, well, thank God Corey felt Haim died. No, absolutely but, not. No, but it's like, um, so you had the Lost Boys, and it's like Lost Boys, the tribe. Mm-hmm. The first the first sequel. First and, sequel. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really catch on to it because it was all mid credit stuff, and I was totally like, 
oh, thank God that's over. Right. And then it's like there's a scene where you have Alan Frog warning him. I guess uh, Alan's become a vampire. Spoiler alert. It's in the third movie. Um, And then he's warning him that um, Sam is coming after him. Because Sam's in turn. And I guess that's supposed to set up the sequel, which was basically... Oh yeah, so it's gonna be Sam. Can can uh, Edgar save Sam? Mm. And then he passes, and it's like, oh shoot. <laughs> Which I think is a is why I'm saying is like, well, that stopped that train of bad movies. <laughs> I, well, it, it, it's weird because Joel Schumacher proposed two different movie ideas to Warner Brothers. Okay, he proposed a prequel. Which would have been how David, David and all them boys yeah. got turned back in the early 1900s. Well, I, that might be a pushing a little far because they seem like 60 butt guys, especially with the that's, doors that's and I agree with that. And equating yeah. it to Peter Pan, like Jim Morrison to Peter Pan. It's like, right. Well, that's pushing it. And, and, they, and they definitely used Morrison as a reference of like who these guys should be, or, you know idolizing i mean yeah. there's that giant poster of him in the vampire cave right never mind the soundtrack you've got uh, right. echo and the bunny man you know when you're strange you're strange right so which brings me to another point it's like uh echo and the like not echo and the Butter, bunny man loved it that that's my jam but it's like um like this is like near the end of the soundtrack sweet spot Yes, and like banger of a soundtrack. Yeah, so you got eighty three starting with Flash Dance, and I'd say all the way up to about eighty eight. Um, with, with with notable bangers scattered since then, but yeah, eighty eight was that sweet spot, right? Sweet spot. Yes, then it's like, and then you know, I should probably discuss with the big sister, but it's like once you had great soundtracks, that kind of killed the musical in Hollywood. It did. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm not the only one. But, but no, the, the other sequel he proposed, as opposed to the um, prequel idea, was a sequel that would have taken place in the 90s in very simple uh, concept. It was could be called The Lost Girls. I, gonna, yeah. It was going to be like leather-clad, you know, biker vampire babes. Oh, That's like almost a direct, that's almost a direct quote from uh, Schumacher. I think he said yeah. chick babes. <laughs> when you when you say it with a list regardless it doesn't seem threatening <laughs> but that's probably how he could get away with that pitch because ah. someone that looks like me should not have said that sentence yes yeah um yeah so it's uh yeah definitely knew about that one i think they're still trying to figure a way to bring the property back yeah but now they're doing that dreaded thing talking remake no no legacies are fine like as long as you got Corey feldman you know with a stamp of approval yeah like give me a like reboot i'm okay with like yeah but like complete remake oh no you can't do like no this is you you can't capture that i don't think you yeah i don't think you do that with any 80s movie because because who who's one you ain't gonna find another six foot five jack baby oiled up saxophone player no no, I didn't even think about that element. <laughs> but I don't think you can do any like the eighties it's it's kinda I mean, like what I mean yes, I okay, yes. 
precursor, you know, yes, I am a child of the 80s. I was born in 82, love 80s movies, love, you know, that yeah. early 90s stuff. Okay, yes, I know I'm looking at it through nostalgia and rose-colored glasses, but I still feel as a movie fan in general, 80s was magic. Whether it be comedy, action, it was good. It, 80s, it, it was, 80s was, it was, was that it was weird. Bad, it was still good. Yeah, no, 80s was that weird time where it's like, uh, the accountants actually started keeping track of stuff. Yes. Like the 70s, it was all about the artist. Yes. And I would say the 70s is probably the best decade in cinema. I, okay. I mean, it's... Ar- it's argument could be made, yes. Yeah. Um. Right. So it's like, we just got out of the Hayes Code, and we're just looking to see anything at that point. So well, you, it, it, it's funny you bring up the accountant thing. The only reason one of my favorite 80s comedies even got made is because it was a tax write-off. Oh, that's pretty... That's That was basic operations. I mean, we go back to our, um, you know, Ivan Reitman. It's like, mm-hmm. this is a guy who pretty much told people, no, just get one star and bring him to Canada. Right. So, but, but like, yeah, um, Revenge of the Nerds was only made because Fox made too much money off Return of the Jedi and they needed a tax write-off. Yeah, that's that brings up another thing. It's like, um, so David Goyer, uh, writer of the Blade trilogy, mm-hmm. um, the the Dark Knight, Dark, I'm sorry, um, Batman Begins, the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people consider him a hack because of, oh, and he gave us Batman v Superman. I but like Batman v Superman, he, but that's that's me. And he also gave us a wonderful, wonderful run of Flash comics, of you know, world finest comics. Let's not forget this man. It, he knew what he was doing. He just had to deal with constrictions, right? And I mean, but his uh, he famously has said, you know, like I was the man, the screenwriter responsible for the last profitable movie. Yeah. Uh, which was Death Warrant with John Van- John Claude Van Damme, which is a classic. I mean, yeah, I I, um, I definitely rank that higher in Van Damme's filmography. Um, so with that said, it's like everybody basically accountants again. Everybody wants to make an excuse that I'm losing money. Yeah, like regardless, like Return of the Jedi didn't make a profit. <laughs> is the is is 20th century Fox. And there you go. Revenge know, there, was, that, there was a lot of Ewok suits, bro. Never mind the dry cleaning on those. Getting the smell out. And that's just kind of weird. Like, I have never IMDB'd Warwick Davis's actual age. He but, was, he was like a, he was like 12 when they made that. Jedi, like, yeah. Even, in like, and that would have been what, like 81, 82, 80, 80, 83 was 80, the release date. 83 when they released it, so they probably yeah. filmed it in May 2. Yeah, so 12, he was the so that's like saying he was the uh leprechaun at 19. Well, no, 20, 21, 20 ish, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, but that also be saying he did Willow when he was like what 15. Uh, eighty-eight. So yeah, so so he had to be older than twelve for Jedi. Yeah, but they 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 are saying he was a kid. Yeah, essentially. Well, he I will say he probably was not an adult, right? From the legal standpoint, 
I mean, you look at him, and I, I, I swear in one of them documentaries, I've seen like almost every Star Wars documentary I can ever find, and I swear he says he was like 12. But... Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe they shoved him into a droid on Empire. I don't know. Now available on video cassette. Millennium, vampires no longer fear the sun. Now they're going to learn. It's time to fear the Son of God! is Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. And I've just revisited Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter from 2001, a Canadian film from Odessa Features. I have seen one of their films, which was uh, about 2009, I believe it was called uh, Smash Cut, which just sold itself really on the fact that they were able to get Sasha Gray fresh off the girlfriend experiment i'm sorry the girlfriend experience so um it's a fun little horror movie especially when you throw in a cameo from uh herschel gordon lewis so but as for this one this is definitely them getting on their feet i remember first being exposed to this feature on the old g4 show web soup which was really just taking the piss out of it but this is just basically a movie that uh, just needed to be made, I suppose, for the um, uh, crew, director, and such. It's a film shot on, I believe it was 16 millimeter, and obviously there, with that, there's no... The, everything has to be done fully and ADR-wise, and on top of that, you know, they didn't really have lighting, so... This gives us vampires who need to exist in the daylight, which they do explain. So this film is about the Catholic Church in Ottawa trying to stop a vampire invasion centered around um, basically just taking out lesbians because who cares about them? The church doesn't. And now it's gone too far. So the only answer is to bring Jesus Christ to go and save the day and you know after we get our initial jesus christ uh, appearance and you know the robes and hair and beard and such we immediately go and get him you know modernized so it's just a lot of fun just silliness you have a battle with a jeep um jeep that basically ends up being a clown car full of atheists Eventually, El Santo has to be brought in to further assist Jesus. Uh, There are some clever bits. Um, So, I mean, you just have to appreciate this feature for the effort. It is, and with that, it is funny. They know that this is going to be 
something that can't be taken seriously, and they lean into it. You know, skateboarding Jesus, musical numbers. Uh, it's just, uh, you just can't help but chuckle at every bit, you know, God appearing in a bowl of ice cream. Um, so I don't, I, it's something that's just got to be seen um, to really appreciate. And as I say all this, like I was thinking of this viewing, I'd say it's probably number three or number four. I remember seeing it on Netflix back in the good old days, and I immediately ordered the Blu-ray. So, um, when I stop and think about the feature, it's like, okay, all the shortcomings, and like, eh, is it any, really any good, or is it just silly? And, no, I'm gonna say that for what it is, it can definitely be a pre, I think it can be appreciated as a work of art. So, before uh, Timur Bekmavetov gave uh, Abraham Lincoln the stakes, remember that Jesus did it first. Hold on to your butts. I'm, I'm going to sidetrack us even more, but we're talking about it. The funny thing is, he wasn't even supposed to have that big of a role in um, Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. And this is the guy who <laughs> I, I own. Like, I have... Basically, I have the encyclopedia of any mm. kind of Star Wars knowledge. Have I looked into it? No. No, but it's I have it. No, it originally was supposed to be Kenny Baker. That, right. He, Which who is played R2. R2. Yeah. He, he was also playing one of the Ewoks because, you know, little guy. Yeah. Um, it was actually supposed to be the character he was playing that was supposed to have all the interactions with Carrie Fisher. Ah. He got, he had a little bit of like, stomach flu that morning said give it to the kid he <laughs> loves these movies mm-hmm. so, so yeah that's how that's how war davis got to be war davis yeah i and truth be told i've never like i've seen most of uh leprechaun in the hood because that's like how could you not want to watch a movie like that it's really fun to watch that movie yes uh, yep, and this is an audio podcast. <laughs> I, I like, I like doing the video just so I, like, I, know, I can read the room. Trust me, those who know, no. Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's still like my not turn my uh, go to sleep method. Honestly, yeah. I, because I never. Like I like I, I took part in maybe hot boxing straight edge wrestlers back in the day. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, I like, didn't. We don't smoke. We don't smoke. We can't control if he does. Yes, right. Um, no, but uh, and if we happen to be standing right next to him, yeah, I don't know. Right. Uh, I just like no. My big thing was oh. Uh, Oh, I'll do it. I'll just never... But there's a reason it's Puff Puff Pass. Like, I can get myself in the queue for the pass. Yeah. So, I didn't... Like, I I may have bought pot once illicitly in my lifetime. Honestly, saying... Yeah. I, I did not become the couch man until after it was legal. Right. Oh, no, it's it's just, it's my nightly thing. It's and as I say, I think we were talking about my la- last one. It's like, oh yeah, I've driven in through heavy rain on what uh, people in Peoria call the Redneck Five Hundred. I've heard yes, high, I've heard of this. Yes, high on heroin. 
Now, um, but no, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to even think about doing that again. So, no, absolutely not. But to those of you who heard uh, me on the last podcast a while back, I'm still keeping up with my New Year's resolution. I slipped. Um, I blame Skimble, <laughs> but like, well, you get a you get a pass. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it's like the last last day I saw Skimble alive. I should say because I. I, no. I I was able to drive my ass. Like, have you taken the body to to the to whoever's going to handle the cremation? It's like, no, I haven't. All right, I'm twenty minutes away. Um, but I talked to Allie since she wasn't uh Skimble wasn't eating. That's like, yeah. Mm, now I got this. I got this. I got this. I can get right into space. I've heard cats love it. <laughs> I think Ava loves it. She's always like that's when she shows it, up. Now you 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 were mentioning the the unfortunate process of cremation to mm-hmm. the pets. We only have we've had many pets uh, here at the house, and we've only had one that's actually cremated. The rest is in my Stephen King um, make a movie set out in my backyard. Oh, I I brought that up to I brought that up to Allie as her, I'm dry we're driving to Scola with the drop since she's from there. It's like sure. you guys still use. A lot of uh, Native American imagery in her mascots and such. Can you point me to a, uh, you know, burial ground? I've got turtles. I've got birds. I've got cats. I've got a baby duck. I've got all kinds of stuff buried out in my backyard. Well, you know, I'm a I'm ordained. I mean, I could go bless it and maybe make it happen, man. Oh, believe, believe me, the last couple that we buried, this was before my wife binged all 15 seasons of Supernatural in less than two months. Damn. Uh, she's hardcore, dude. When she binges, she binges. Oh, no, obviously. But, but no, the, but no the, all the burials that I've been a part of, I'm, I'm dumping salt. And she goes, what are you doing? I'm like, you have TV to watch. And now she understands why I did that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's um. So let's see. Honestly, this is so you know. I say like I back up and watch, and it's like yeah, you know, the action's kind of anticlimactic. Um, I like and, the raw nature of near dark. Like sure, and, I and I don't the, I hate it when they don't shave. <laughs> and and to, and and to be fair, I I I I wonder is that a victim of losing over half your budget? Well, no, that's. You know, all, I mean, all the I'm actually people have about say, you know, the makeup or the action or the special, you know. Well, the makeups, think, the makeup's great. The makeup's makeup pretty decent, except I know they hated the contacts. Well, that that goes for any movie. I don't know a well, good but, movie about. Well, but see, these these were the glass you glass can't... contacts, yeah, because they hadn't, they hadn't been in soft lenses yet. These yeah. were glass. They didn't breathe. They were mm. painted. Yeah. So they can only wear them for like four or five minutes at a time. In fact, there, I learned this actually uh, yesterday in my research. That scene in the movie where Keither reaches out of the vampire cave and he burns his hand. Yeah. And he pulls his hand back in. You see a tear. And yes. people like, oh, wow, he's a good actor because he burned his hand. He's crying. No, he's crying because his eyeball is like saying, get these smackers out of me. I'm, oops. No, I. this is not a, look, I mean, this isn't a uh, catch, you know. Look, I mean, there's. Okay, when somebody like um 
So I've done like three where I've labeled them explicit. Well, no, I've done two where I labeled it explicit, but it's like, it's basically like, okay, booze, boobs, and blood podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I know those girls are going to not going to be contr- able to control them. And nope. then uh, with the uh, Beavis and Butthead podcast with Gregory, it's like, Right yeah. off the bat, man, three three f bombs in ten minutes. Like, eh. yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna I, take I, the time. I was impressed. It. I was like, wow, he's getting him out there. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he's um, like he is like Gregory is a very like he's got great tes- taste in movies, and he's a pretty you know pretty uh, liberal minded person who's stuck in Lincoln, Illinois. <laughs> it's like. It's like, yeah, you, you know those guys you grew up in high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, no, but he's, uh, so that's like, yeah, I'm not going to bother. I'm going to probably, and then I'm like reviewing the podcast we did. It's like, did I curse on that? And it's like, no, I didn't. I just told the lockout jo- joke very yes. poorly. And it's like, yeah, maybe yeah, I can, yeah, cover, right. maybe I I can cover that up with that. <laughs> I think we were pretty good on that last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, this this one I've blown it completely out the window. Oh no, two two and um, no, we're we're doing good. Like that's yeah. easy for me to listen to and like oh put that there. <laughs> no, as I say, like ten and three minutes. Uh, ten, I mean three and ten minutes. Like yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a little harsh. Yeah, well, it's like my 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 record for f bombs in a five minute set. Oh okay. <laughs> was 16 times in five minutes i mean that's getting up there with like bernie mac numbers yeah yeah no that's the entire uh kinks of comedy love me some bernie mac oh yeah you use that samuel L. jackson looked at him and said dude he's off on that word yes yeah um no funny story about saying um bernie mac is like um so go back to the 2003 playoffs Okay. Game six before the Bartman incident. Mm-hmm. Bernie Mac is your uh is your guy who's singing the uh singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Okay. I I, I I I caught that in an airport. I was actually on my way home from Iraq the night that happened, and I I, I got home to my house twenty minutes before that accursed incident, and I yes. saw it and I was like, This stinks. So Bernie Mac sings root 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 for the champs. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw that in the airport. Yeah, and it's like, and I I tried bringing it up to you know the black guy in our wrestling promotion, oh. and I and I and I was there opening weekend for the Kings of Comedy, so how, somehow I thought that gave me cred. Sure, and it's like it doesn't. Nope, nope. Just, no. just, I, just, he just, just doesn't entire Bernie Mac does an entire bit about the N word. Yep, and I tried channeling nope. that like nope i was as, told as, as you as got a, your i was told you got your one. Oh, as as a kid who got in trouble for reciting richard pryor's onstage act at the age of seven because my dad let me watch showtime yeah i understood that I, there are some words that i should not say yeah so that's the only time i've ever said that word in a situation where it's like you know what? I'm gonna take it. I think I'm all right. I think you I'm take, 
yeah, take the L, go home, yeah. don't ever do it again. No, the the only other time I uh, said it was I was at a the getaway hostel by DePaul in Chicago uh, after a Cubs game, waiting for an AAW wrestling show, <laughs> and um, some guy who said he's a stand up comic, um, you know, he said, "Oh, you're from Peoria. Where's that? What's that?" And it's like, I responded. It was a white guy. So I responded with the, you know. No. It's a it's a city. But you country folks don't understand that. <laughs> Which is how they opened. It used to be at the Jukebox Comedy Club. That's how they opened every show. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Okay, I was born in... Oh, shoot. Sorry. I was born in Peoria, Illinois. What's that? It's a city. <laughs> so, uh, I'll give Dan Conklin credit for abandoning that, despite, like, <laughs> I, I think every comic could appreciate it, but, yeah. Yeah. So, but then I, I guess I can blame Dan for any any situation I get myself into. Oh, Dan. Yeah. The stories we could tell. We, we could do oh. a whole... We could do so many. We could do two episodes easy just on Dan. Yeah. Oh no, Dan. At like one point, like Dan and I are just sitting in a bar. You know, we could write a book about everything we've endured well, with these dancers. <laughs> well, I I I love when a comic will go through on the Bob and Tom show. Yeah. And and they're one of the Peoria guys. Mm. And they all say the same thing, you know, racetrack strip club, racetrack strip club. Strip club. Yeah, that that is burned down. Yes, uh, unfortunately, which is which is weird because that's like the second strip club that's burned down in the last mm-hmm. uh, twenty five years. I never got to see Wild Side. I got but, dancers convincing me to get into boxing matches. Nice <laughs> from the but Wild now, Side, here, but yeah. But now, but now here's the thing: comics are coming through for a new reason because Dan has a goat in the back of the building. Okay. I have, heard, I, I have seen the goat. I have heard many comics talk about the goat, and I've heard about the goat on national radio. Dang. See, I I just always have my podcast playing. Like I got Bob and Tom in Champagne, Urbana, obviously, and like no, I, since Bob disappeared, it's kind of like. Well, it. I again, I'm gonna do a whole thing on that too, but no, it 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 the ship has been righted. Okay. So yeah, as I was just saying, it's like. You know, I start my car up. It's like, ah, I'll just listen to the podcast when I get in there. Especially like I listen to screen drafts. It's been Spielberg month, and they just finished the ah. producer produced by Steven Spielberg draft. Which so. this movie? Which um? No, this movie don't fall into that. No, movie. Donner Donner produced the Goonies. I mean, no, yeah. Spielberg produced the Goonies, which the Goonies, ended up right. very, which ended up in the latter half of the top yeah. twenty. Yeah, which. No, nah, I get it. You do have to kind of be an '80s kid to get that. Yeah. Which I guess that's a that's a credit to the Lost Boys. You don't have to be an '80s kid to enjoy the Lost Boys. Exactly. Does it help? Sure. Oh yeah. No. It, but um, but as I say, that's why you're kind of dependent on. Come on, you liked Edward Herman and the Gilmore Girls. Give yeah. this movie a chance. I mean, and just to see that turn at the yes. end. And it works so well because you look at Herman, Mr. Herman. Yeah. And 
he he just looks like that dad. That dude, he just looks like the nicest some bitch that you've ever met in your life. He doesn't look bad as a vampire either. I mean, like, well, I don't know. The, the, the only the only worst set of fangs I ever saw was in um the sequel to Dracula two thousand. Which Dracula sequel? Because I I love them all, honestly. Uh, it was the it was the first one. I'm trying to um I'm tr- trying to remember what the like the subtitle was, but it was it was the first sequel they made to Dracula. Yeah, 2000. Dracula two. I can't remember. So I, I can't remember how they named it. Like I have the DVD over right. there. I just yeah, I I, 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 can, I can see you know um, Roy Schneider. Yeah, um, yeah, like no, I loved I loved the last like. Okay, no, they pretty much uh, Dracula two thousand pretty much ended on a solid note. Like, all right, but they said no, we're getting two more. Yeah, um, but yeah, the the the, the actor uh, escapes me, but the guy who played like the the um, scientist with the uh, polio or Craig Shape, Craig Schaefer. We've oh, brought him right. up before. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, Craig Schaefer. If you look at the the chomps, he's sporting. <sighs> They purposely made them look bad because, like, well, he's a nerdy professor, so he don't get cool teeth. That was their logic. Uh, well, and and I will, yeah, no, that makes sense. So it almost says, well, like, that also plays the continuity of Dracula 2000, mm-hmm. which was, like, a movie I saw three times in the theater, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. I think I saw Enemy at the Gate maybe three times in the theater. It's like I just had a guy, uh, a friend, total twat. Now, <laughs> if you're listening, Jesse, <laughs> um, who and I, I could go even worse on that kid, but I shouldn't say kid anymore. Um, but it's like, well, I guess maturity wise, I could, but again, that could be the. Uh, like my uh my traveling buddy Raul, like um you know the pot uh, that was the pot here in the uh calling the kettle out. Yeah, I hear you've been talking shit. <laughs> yeah. Um so or or, or, or if, if 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 you know if your mama was around is I heard you've been running your mouth. Yes. So um but yeah, so we end up seeing like he would he he went to Western Illinois, okay. and like my aunt, who well not aunt, she's a second or first cousin, what have you, went to Western. She was a parole officer, and I said, well, you know, I'm applying, you know, so where are you applying? Well, I'm going to apply to U of I, and otherwise, I think I'll just do the JUCO thing. Uh, yeah, you know, what about Eastern or Western? She said, don't apply for Western unless you're going to criminal, criminal science. It's a party school. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I've heard and I had a wrestling uh, Jordan McIntyre from the uh, Danny Daniels AAW pool of wrestling was a fellow mm-hmm. trainee. Um, like, no, no, it's all about partying there in Macomb. So, um, but I'm basically saying that guy came apostolic Christian raised kid nice. would come back every weekend. And like all of us are looking like, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm, I was still going to Juco, what have you, because I'm going to yeah. do it the right way. I'm going to get my associates before I transfer. <laughs> and then 
we're looking at them. You're going to a party school. And we're going to watch a movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I guess the end story with him is he met my best friend, Steph. And, uh, I don't know, we bring up music and I'm, uh, Queen's my favorite band. And like, well, you know, hit Russ and his, uh, British senses. And she like called him out. Like, you're the one dressed all high end and stuff. (laughs) You're calling him out for appreciating the music of a bisexual. (laughs) So that that's the story behind him. <laughs> that's funny. Right. Which you know, honestly, should be cool. <laughs> but you gotta own that, all right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yourself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I can see the post traumatic stress in well, not poster. You know, I can see where the trauma is, man. Sure. sure. We can appreciate you. Like don't 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 do you know just don't quit lying man <laughs> that's where i'm getting at so sure. it's one of those like i'm waiting for the hateful message on this podcast oh i thought you were cool russ yeah i thought you were cool in high school <laughs> <laughs> all right so just got a few notes left and they're just sure. now attacking the uh no, no. Oh no, she's at she's at dinner with yeah. Max. Yes. I Diane Weiss though, I should say national oh. treasure because Oh, of this absolutely. Movie. Like she got her Oscar from and I have not watched Alan versus Pharaoh. Uh I thought, you know, I was of the argument, oh no, this was settled in the nineties. They did bring it to trial. Yeah. Which no, all you have to do is watch like you know, it's one of those like, thank God for finding Netherland, Neverland. Yeah, because it's like, well, he beat it in the nineties, and it's like, hold on, why am I like, why was I on his side in the two thousands? Like, fool me once, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> fool me like, fool me twice. No, so I do have to watch that. I just, it's one of those with Woody Allen. It's like every one of his movies is autobiographical in a sense. So yeah. I guess I'm not surprised is my problem with Alan. It's like he pretty yeah. much said he pretty much told you what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so but um no, you know, coming off an Oscar and doing this movie, it's like and you know, I know she was on Law and Order. I'm trying to think of other st- stuff, Diane. I mean, I've seen her in a lot of things. She like was just... in Edward Scissorhands. Yes. She's she's been in so many of uh, that mom role, right? It, she embraced it. It's like you have the statue. <laughs> yeah, like you could. You don't have you to do it this. If you want, but she yeah. loved being that mom, right? Which is more insulting part of uh, the Lost Boys, the tribe, is they try to create a knockoff character of her. Oh, why? Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough you're picking on Timmy Capello. My my rule is this. If it takes you 20 years to make a direct-to-DVD sequel, don't make the effing DVD sequel. Well, and that's why I like The Thirst, because it is strictly about Edgar. 
Because, see, like, I don't mind the fact that they've gone back and they are doing a run in the comics uh, right now. I believe it's Image Comics doing uh, a Lost Boys run, and it's a direct sequel. All right. And they, they've even addressed, like, they've addressed everybody. Like, Timmy Capello has, like, a whole episode <laughs> establishing his character and what he actually is. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, now, yeah. I just wish I get to the comic. That's the problem with comics right now. It's like, it, yep. I wish I get to the comic shop more often, and then yep. like I don't, and it's like, well, I might as well go and just go to Comicsology. And... and then you do walk into the comic book store after so long. You're like, well, I'm gonna go look at the old stuff. Yeah. No. Precisely. Like I, I go for the image, and it's like, but I know DC. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh but like all right, so we're by the uh Nanook is uh put down was it Dwayne or Marco is Marco is the one Alex Winters. By... Yes, I would say played by Bill. Yeah. Um and the other yeah, two did the one guy did a lot of supporting work, the other guy didn't really do any acting. I mean mm-hmm. The the blonde one ended up passing away. Yeah, and I believe say the name you thought the name of the character was again. So there's Dwayne and Paulo, I think. Pa- Paulo, I believe, was the the blonde. Okay, Paulo. Well, let's see. I'm getting in. Uh, okay, Marco, Alex, Winter, Dwayne. Yep. Dwayne was the dark hair one. I think he's yep. the one who passed. No, the blonde one passed. I, oh. I saw it in a video today. Yeah, I think, yep. Right. And, I mean, Billy Worth, who played uh, Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paul. Death, Death Paulo, by stereo. Yeah. Death by stereo guy. Yeah, wonderful, wonderfully cheesy 80s one-liner. Oh, yeah. Oh no! All the like, I really dug the text. Like again, it's like, just give this the PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, other than a little bit of the gore, I think it, it could very easily be a PG thirteen. Yeah, like uh, Texas Chain Mat Saw Massacre. Because I say that that's like in the sense yeah. that every kid knows they should not watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in nineteen eighty seven. And I was twelve when I saw it the first time. Come on. I, yeah, I it's that's one of those like, and I should not be avoiding it, especially since I'm preaching on Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, yeah. which is very low budget. And it's like, no, this is the best thing you could have done with 16 millimeter, no audio, trying to shoot vampires in daylight. <laughs> Never yeah. mind the entire Jesus Christ element of it, right? And they also bring El Santo into that movie. Nice. Yeah. So no, it's definitely I think it's on Tubi. <laughs> but like uh they eventually those guys who did uh Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter eventually did a movie called Smash Cut, which is very much an homage to um Gordon Herschel Lewis of uh Blood Feast, uh, Wizard of Gore, all these old Grindhouse movies from the 60s. Um, and uh, I'd say uh, 
Roger Corman's Bucket of Blood. Yes. Yeah, very much along those lines. Sasha Gray is the lead actress, essentially. Okay. So I'm familiar with her work. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. I um no, she's good in it. I mean, this is right around the time of the girlfriend experience. So Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, let's 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 think about the wider picture. <laughs> She's done some great industrial music, actually, with um, artists like KMFDM and Pig. Hmm. So, um, I did not bother. Now I'm just looking at the IMDb. I didn't bother looking up at Chance Michael Corbett, a.k.a. Laddie. Yes, I'm not sure what he's been up to. No, I don't know what he's been up to recently. I know... He was on, um, so he's only 47. I remember I say, I didn't think he was much older than me. Yeah, so he was lost Bo- known for the Lost Boys, the Rocketeer, and Major Dad. So, okay. But yeah, it doesn't look like he really kept on the acting. Well, I mean, no, he was in two of the greatest uh, movies of the 80s and 90s and a bad a badass 90s sitcom check 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 go home well it brings you again to near dark you had uh the kid in that movie yes so he was in death warrant is the other movie i saw him in and uh class of 90 uh 1999 Mm. which is uh kind of terminator meets class of 1984 okay i don't know if you've seen either class of 1984 uh that's a that's a that's a weird like definitely I've heard of that one. Class of nineteen eighty four is definitely a one worth checking out. Uh class of nineteen ninety nine was basically class of nineteen eighty four is basically a fear of the youth movie. Okay. Um, uh night class nineteen ninety nine was Fear of the Youth, so we've created cyborg teachers. And Pam Greer is one of the cyborgs. Well, I mean, uh, at least they look good. Yeah, Stacy Keach is the guy behind the program. Of course, he'd make him look sexy. Okay. Well, Stacy Keach, I'm not saying sexy, but he's. No, but he would make him sexy. Yes. Uh, Malcolm McDowell has a role in it. So. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, uh, not not as campy as you'd expect from Malcolm McDowell, sadly. But. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um,. No, he's just the principal of the high schools. He accepted the robot. I mean, not the ro- he didn't know they're robots, but <laughs> these new teachers. <laughs> so it eventually ends up like the Terminator, essentially, sure. <laughs> with high school students fighting them. And then they did a sequel, class of 1992, with uh, the guy from Step by Step who was in the Kickboxer sequels. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Sa- Sa- Sasha. Sasha some yeah, other. Right. So, yeah, we're at this final showdown right now in my peripheral. Um, yeah, they've just killed David, which was the okay. one confusing death in the movie. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not a hunter. I don't know if antlers count as wood. Well, it's not so much that that bothers me about the death. I totally get what you're saying. But, okay, we, we, we stab Alex Winter in the cave. He explodes. Yeah. We push dude in the uh, bathtub full of holy water. The t- out of all the pipes. All the- Way too much blood. Yeah. 
Um, and, Death uh, by stereo. Yeah. We, we, you know, he gets he gets plugged, goes zapped. Then David, baddest of the badasses, takes two oh. antlers to the chest. He's yeah. laying there, and and he gets the bonus of turning into cute ass Keith or Sutherland. Oh yeah. You see, I guess that might have been like what Joel Schumacher is really preaching is like, you guys wouldn't. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if talent was an STD, like. Word. Right. I mean, I'm I'm dropping trowel. Yeah. 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 So. That was, again, going back to my buddy Raul. It's like he always, again, 2000s humor. If sure. you had, if you had to sleep with, if you had to have sex with a guy, who would it be? And he would say it was always Hawk from the Road Warriors, because <laughs> he just wanted to hear him as he as he finished. What a rush! Yeah, so, <laughs> and I, I always say, said, well, you know, I'm looking at actors like I'm hoping it's an STD. Like, <laughs> Like no, I would uh, I would totally scoff at Daniel Day Lewis, but <laughs> and as I say, this is an STD. Right, exactly. No, like if I could if I could be half as funny as some of these comedians that people oh. pay the big bucks to see, like come on, fe- come on, fella, let's get her done. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't say it that way. <laughs> I I couldn't see myself. <laughs> hey, I, I'm a hit. That, you know, that's that's about as romantic as we get, man. Yeah, it's not like I didn't hear every Fox or the album <laughs> until <laughs> uh, until like. Uh, so let's see. I so was I, I was way into those way too early in my life. Oh, that was actually something I bitched about on Twitter and Mastodon, of course, at Russ Stevens at Mastodon.social. Uh, it was about uh, Hardy's performance at the Royal Rumble. I never heard yeah. of freaking Hardy. I and then they say he, 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 he's basically like if we took Kid Rock, yeah, put him in a time capsule back in 98, and then let him out now. Yeah. Like what the, like so I should say Kid Rock now. We're not yeah. talking Ba with the Ba. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. If Kid if Kid Rock came to be now, yeah, this and, would be what that artist would be. Yeah, there's no such thing as country rock. It's uh, called. I, I, I no, I disagree with that. Leonard Skinner is Southern rock. I'm not just talking Skinner. Okay. But if if you hear things from like say Chris Stapleton and the and the uh, Steel Drivers, all right, all right. It's, a blue, it's a little bluegrassy, it's a little country, it's a little folksy, it's a little rock. So it's kind of all in there, right? Keep in mind, I'm Peorian, so it's like God, okay, God, I hated hell, yeah. <laughs> like, so oh, we're just gonna so somebody like. If anything, that was my biggest problem with the Briscoe brothers. Okay. Like, I appreciated the fact, like, I loved it when Cornette took him under their wing. And, like, yeah. at least they got gear now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's racist as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they got gear. <laughs> um, no, it didn't take me too long to realize, like, something ain't right. <laughs> right. 
Um, but um, no, and then hell yeah, it's like Lord knows you have to. So that's the biggest problem with the Big Al strip club. It's like they got videos, music videos playing on all the screens. Otherwise, like, so I got a you know boring dancer on stage. I'm looking at the screen and it's like, what's these guys from Peoria? Like, I know Dimebag's a Texan, but right? Why are we doing all this uh, Confederate flag shit? Like, and that goes back to the Briscoes. Like, you're from Delaware. Yeah. One, let's go back to Wayne's world. Yeah. Hi. I'm in from Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> so yeah. So um, so this is the so movie's about ending. You got uh, grandpa who saves the day. Yes. And you know. like you said, couldn't have mentioned to his daughter or how his daughter didn't know that yeah. he was all vampires. And like, yeah, it's just very much like, and I love how it just fades out. <laughs> like, and I love the foreshadowing throughout the whole movie that Grandpa knew something was up. Yes, he's making the fences. The fences have a very particular and peculiar shape to them, looking like mm-hmm. sharpened pencils sticking up. Yeah, the guy who yeah. built many fences—that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know the way he would look at Max, the way he would, you know, when they would say something about the boardwalk, kind of the sideways glances he's given. Like, yeah, only knows what's up. So that's uh, Bernard Hughes. And like the oldest movie I know from off the top of my head is Tron. Yes. Uh, which is, which does qualify for the show. <laughs> like I thought it's like, I mean, there's it all, it feels long. Yeah, the more I watch when it, I, then when, then I when, guess when I, when, as I've gotten older, I've appreciated when we like the first time I watched it. Oh no, as a kid, as a kid, yeah, I was, I was like, like I was like eleven or twelve when they did like a big re-release for it for like its twentieth anniversary or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, no, and yeah, I could say that. Yeah, the first time you watch it, then it's like for you know. That's I thought not computers a kid, that's was not a kid's movie. We thought it would be a kid movie because it's about video games. Yes, yeah. No, it's, no, that was not a kid movie. No, it's for the guys who made the video games at the time. <laughs> like, no, we did not give it. Like, there's a reason why there hasn't been a documentary, docu drama about the guy who started Atari. Noah, uh, like, there's nothing to pong. Yeah, but I mean, that's the beauty of Tron. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a movie about video games, and we're giving volume to uh we're giving you know we're giving validity to the actual lack of story yeah <laughs> but yeah tron yeah i mean he was a character actor all the way up to that somehow he gave me vibes of um and he recently passed the guy from uh, walking dead mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, no, I guess the only other note I have is the credits are playing and I is like the entire idea of becoming a vampire. Like the tagline is never grow old, sleep all day, party all night. Like I mean, if we're directing this to like the, the, the you know the, the key demographic in eighty seven, you know, seventeen year old, sign me up, Broski. Yeah, I and I'm I'm just saying, and like I I came to this movie a lot later, so my probably my first big vampire movie was Interview with a Vampire because okay. my mom wanted to see it in theater. She read the books, and my dad didn't want to see it, 
So mm. I'm 14. And I'm, this is my first R-rated cinema experience. And it's like, but by the end, you have um, the entire idea of like how Louis has supported himself. It's like, yeah, you know, there's people just nobody cares about. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, I hate getting up early. <laughs> so. Doesn't really sound like a, like, sounds like part of the food chain in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, they make a compelling argument in almost every vampire story why vampirism is like an acceptable option. Yeah. And I, I, I was a teenager in the late 90s, early 2000s. I had my phase, dude. I, I, I was country goth and I had all, all that stuff, man. So, yeah, again, uh, I guess that's something I kind of miss growing up in the rich town <laughs> in central Illinois. It's like, Again, I grew we up in a had... town of a thousand people in Indiana. I was the golf demographic of my school. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, and there's a there's a fun, um, I think it was a fun movie called Quench. Hard to find. I saw it on Netflix back when Netflix was all movies. Mm. And I found a copy of it on DVD. And I'm not saying it's a good movie. It's shot on video. Um, and mid-2000s, like, um, but it's by, basically about the Indiana, Richmond, Indiana, I think it's the town. Mm-hmm. Goss Goss I am familiar. It's like before before we wrap this up, yeah. um c- complete crime. We have not discussed Jamie Gertz at all, hardly in this thing. We discussed her um being in like she had a like banger. Yeah, we just kind of discussed that she was in the movie, but we haven't talked about her in the movie per se. Oh, I mean, and, that's the entire reason. Honestly, you say that, and it's like, yeah, I would go through this vampire yeah, stuff. Exactly. That, that's what I was going to say. I was, I was watching it back, back around Halloween time. You know, the TV channels were, were pumping it. Yeah. And I was watching it, and I was, you know, feeling all right. And I was like, you know, she's cute and Twister, but I forgot just how hot she used to oh, be. Oh, yeah. You see, I'm not a Twister guy myself. Oh, I, but... see, I, I love that movie. I, I don't know. I just thought it was very silly and you knew it was a one-dimensional yes. thing. And it yes. ended up being number three on the uh, Spielberg draft. A produced, yeah. produced yeah. draft. It not is directed. Very well, that, I mean, that comes from Jan Bond, And, you know, yeah. he, he's very, you know, talking about Schumacher this whole time. I think Jan Bond is kind of in that same vein. Of yeah, Schumacher, no, I got that. He makes movies his way. Yeah, They're very, you know... I don't even know good. what he... I don't really Did know what he's good? done lately as a director. I thought uh, I, after no, I Speed, what, I, I really don't know what he's done lately. Like, I thought after really Speed good. Two, they like, oh shoot, he's cancer. Well, yeah, because Speed Two was, oh yeah. And I remember, you remember you remember how we all got excited because we remember how cool Speed was and like, oh, they made a better one with more money. No. Yeah. No. no, we got William. De- no, the only memorable thing from that is a William Defoe meme. Yeah, and that I think that pretty much basically put Jason Patrick in this place. If you, oh yeah, if you recall, like Family Guy, a uh, scene where Stewie and his, uh, at that time unborn brother, yes, uh, voiced by Wallace Shawn, like yes, you know how they're talking about how they are very relatable. You hate the you hate the woman too. Yes, Jason Patrick. You 
<laughs> um, yeah, so let's see. Jan de Bont. I mean, he should not have gone to uh, director jail no. over that movie. Like, uh, that's a big thing. Like, I see lots of people buying the Steelbook of Punisher Warzone. Yes. And it comes back to uh, Green Street because the director of Green Street did Warzone. And, like, she's been, she hasn't gotten work since that. Hmm. And it's like, what the hell? I Uh, mean, don't get me wrong, Warzone was not good. Oh, it was so, I, okay. So, Jan Devant's last movie was uh, Cradle, Laura, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Oh, he did the sequel. I didn't yeah. know it. And before that, it was The Haunting. Okay. That, so that one, was, yeah. That was, that was solid. I don't know about that. Like, well, the only, the only time I pop solid. is Owen Wilson's head getting. Let me refer to It was solid for when I saw it when I was like. 1999. So, yeah, when I was like 17. Yeah. It was solid then. I haven't really seen it since. Yeah. No, I saw it way after the release. It's like. Yeah, this is no, but he hasn't directed anything since uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. And that was what? That was what? Two thousand one, two thousand three. No, two thousand three. Yeah. So, uh, Roger Ebert is honestly a weird fan of Debont. Like Roger Ebert was a very weird person. Like if he thought it was camp, he would love it. Yeah. If he didn't think it was camp, like you're just trying to be goofy. Like screw you. And he, well, it's funny you say that because he, he kind of poo pooed Lost Boys. Yeah, I know. And well, granted, he wasn't a Schumacher fan, well, but yeah, uh, which kind of goes against his whole campiness, right? But that was all Schumacher was. You see, it, the thing with Roger Ebert though is like he, yeah, he's probably the best critic, film critic oh, yeah. of all time, no yeah, question, no argument. Yeah, but like. He only really wrote one movie, and that was Beyond the Shadow, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which I've watched. And it's like, oh God, this is, this is totally no. I get it. I know what Ebert th- was th- going I think, for. I think that's why. I think that's why he just stuck to talking about movies. Yeah, but no, it's like I know, like, and people will regard Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which is eventually a remake slash parody of the original Beyond the Valley, be, the original Valley of the Dolls. Which is total bullshit, <laughs> and it's like, no, I know what he's doing. Like, I get it. I think he succeeded, but it's like, yeah, he's not in a like. It's a good thing he didn't write anything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's funny. Like, I'm just got my IMDb, and I now have an ad for Disney's Peter Pan and Wendy. It's like, well, jeez. It like yeah, I don't no. know. Technology is not listening. Yeah. All right. I see. Yeah, but when I bring up the uh, you know the entire vampire bit, it's like who cares if he kills surf Nazis? Yeah. Like, like we're we're yeah like we're gonna yell over the fact that we're missing like five or six surf Nazis. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, okay, that security guard, he might have had a family. Right. A couple they ripped out of a car. The guy seemed kind of like a dick. We'll call that, we'll call that par. Yeah. Um, 
but, but yeah, no, you're right. dancing on the you're dancing on the beach, not acknowledging that. Yeah, you got yeah. If you're not Nazis, you probably are still dealing with unrequited stuff. Goes back to my buddy Jesse, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, if you're not a Nazi, you at least own a swastika. Yes, yeah. What I would say about Jesse, but um, <laughs> I was I was saying more of the unrequited stuff they're not dealing with. Yeah. Okay. That too. Yeah. I mean, like. So, but yeah, like I said, if, if they would have just stuck the clean up surf Nazis and not picking up kids off the boardwalk and going mm-hmm. after you, you know, if they, if they just you know used their powers for good, so to speak, and just cleaned up the surf Nazis. And, yeah. Truth be told, that's like what most great vampire movies now are about is basically the yeah. vampires who are like um or i could go back to jessica body jessica's body like mm-hmm. you're killing people I'm jennifer's, ki- body. jennifer's body yeah i'm not killing people i'm killing boys it's like fair <laughs> Again, yeah, she 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 was she was killed. You know, it, it, you know, again, we can talk about that movie. I don't know why you'd want to. Um, I I liked it. Um, I, I liked know. it, but it wasn't what I was expecting, and that's, that's oh, that that's why it wait didn't make any money. Let's yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh like honestly, like when I think Diablo Cody, like Juno is just a mm. oh, solid yeah. movie, great script, but then it's like. But then she, you know, her future movies, young adult, Jennifer's body. And then it's like, now I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I dig you what you're doing there. All uh, right. So, all right. So, yes, we are pro vampire. I think that's. Except those sparkly dudes from Twilight. They can oh, no, no, no. No, if you're you said vampires, not sparkly emos. <laughs> yes, but that, that that does kind of make me think about my uh, wrestling career. It's like I was at a cra- I was, you know, helping a friend pick out crafts and stuff, and I saw like, oh, clothing litter. And Lord knows, I went and sp- I was a heel, sure. <laughs> sprayed that stuff all over my gear whenever I got the chance. <laughs> it's like. Oh gosh, I might have stuff to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 know where my bread's buttered at least um, on the grander scheme. But baseball and Muse are two things I love. Yeah. No, that's the worst scene in all movies. But <laughs> like, how do you screw up baseball and Muse? Right. All right, all right, so I guess that I guess that's the classic. Uh, yeah, some things are great separately, but horrible together. Right. But if you want somebody who knows what is good together and what's not, you can always watch his videos on TikTok with uh, Couchman Bakes. Yes, Couchman Bakes on TikTok and Twitter now. Yes, we've got all my names matched up finally. Oh yeah. That's why I just claim everything. It's like it'll eventually all straighten out. Um, the irony though is like, okay, well, CM Punk came back, so I guess you know, right? Taking the CMs out away from his hand. Speaking of that, did you see the Seth Rollins video? I didn't see the video. I saw uh, Wrestle Talk say, you know, 
one thing I'd say about Colby, because yeah, you know, I knew Seth. Um, like he did. Like I was at his farewell show from Scott County Wrestling in Donahue, Iowa, when he was moving out to Philadelphia to train under Punk. Yeah. So, I guess he has a better knowledge than anybody else. I will say sure. that Punk is the guy who was going to get you into the main roster one way or another. So, but at the same time, like you know, we 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 you know, we've heard all these things for years. We've seen what happened in AEW. It no, Punk is Punk Punk is the ultimate hypocrite. Um, well, not I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a hypocrite. He's a true sociopath. Sociopath. Yes. Um. Uh, he's only about himself, and you know, I hope April's doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but April's crazy. I do have yeah. the CM Punk shirt. And I mean that I, in the I mean that as a compliment to yeah, April Mendez. In the nicest way possible. Yes. Yes. It, it's funny. Um around that time I was uh freshly single from uh my first marriage mm. and my coworkers and some of my cousins and my best friends all said the same thing. Andrew has a type, and that type is batshit crazy. Oh no, so, like so my cousin was gonna get me, you know, he ended up never doing it, but he was gonna get me the I did crazy chicks t-shirt. No, I, I have the I did crazy chicks t-shirt. This is the guy who you know who's got um got the shit beat out of him and then the girl jumped off a roof and like, oh, and I'm going to jail for that one. And yeah. never mind my junkie experiences, and then the entire reason I did not want to go to partial hospitalization for depression was because I knew all my friends from rehab who came out hooked up with somebody. It's like, give it three months. I'm hooked up with a crazy chick. Mm-hmm. And Allie will acknowledge that. Yeah, she's crazy. So yeah, no, it's like, but it's like, I, I want to like, it's just very tough. It's like Hulk Hogan shirts. Like when Hogan went back to WWE um, and after TNA. Yeah. And it was like they created the t-shirt, re- resold the t-shirt that I bought of his in 87. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows, oh, yes, I'm buying it. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, a year I, later, it's like, yeah, we don't talk about Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're talking to the owner, of, a proud owner of not one, but two NWO shirts. Oh, well, no, I've... I've I don't know if I have, I think I might have the Hollywood Hogan cut, like already torn shirt they were selling somewhere. No, I have plenty of NWO shirts. No, no shame in that. Uh, NWO wasn't bad. It's necessarily, I don't know. It was. You start dissecting its parts. Yeah, no, the, the politics of it, but that's nobody was doing anything really bad to no. to the world in large just their fellow no, just, wrestlers just, just themselves yeah so, so it's um i mean it i don't know it's weird like my dad was saying oh i heard about kevin nash's son but i can't remember kevin kevin nash uh yeah i could see where you wouldn't remember him, but like um no he like he didn't really see him in the WWF. Yeah. 
And then, like, ah, we saw him once in Peoria. Somebody threw popcorn in his face. Those were the good old days of wrestling. Like, oh, yes, when you could chuck popcorn and they actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, get that heat, brother. Right. Like, yeah. I keep pre, like, I, I don't know how many times on Twitter it's like, okay, you don't like Roman Reigns? Throw shit. Yeah. Yeah. Show you don't like him. Right. So, all right. So we got Couchman on TikTok, Couchman Bakes on TikTok and Twitter. Yes. Uh, you can find me at Catbus Russ if you want to piss on the show. That's where I prefer it. It's better than dealing with uh, conservatives when I suddenly say, look, if you can't handle the kickback of a 357, you can't handle a gun. <laughs> um, and, uh, I know conservatives who use that same argument. That, that that's one of the I, now that's a dick measuring contest on their yeah. behalf. They, like, they, absolutely. I'm, I'm just saying, like, no. If you're, you need if you need semi or fully, which I really talking, only know from. Man, yes, you were talking to a man who sold guns to rednecks for a long time. Mm. I, I I'm acknowledging. I only know the difference between semi and fully because of. The tutorial Casey Ryback gave to Jordan Tate. One round will will leave the trigger. <laughs> yes, the I chamber. Want to, I want you to do that. Well, see, for 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 us, it, it was explained very simply because um, we had um, the uh, M4s, which is basically uh, the military version of an AR-15. Yes, and it had three switches. It had safe. And as it was explained, it, it's then semi, then um, three, then uh, auto burst. Uh, mm. The uh, M4 is only capable of at most three rounds at a time. It doesn't go full auto. Um, but or as our drill sergeant instructed it, safe pew pew pew. Hmm. Yeah, so that's that's fair. I'm just saying, you know, as I say, it's just my. Whenever, but why would you want to ban a uh, semi-automatics? It's like, do you really need a semi-auto? This is this is the argument I've always used. Mm. If you are talking to a guy who's a little pro to Second Amendment, yeah. but I but I have a brain. Mm. Now, do I believe everyone needs to know own an AR? Absolutely not. No, no. Do I think an AR would work for me? Yes. Mm. The reason I say that. Like I just said, I was in the military. Yeah. I used beefier version. I slept with that thing. I, you know, I right. could put, I could take it apart and put it together with my eyes closed. I know. I've watched me do it. Mm. You know. Um. So if someone was to break into Casa de Couchman, um, would I rather have something I'm vastly more familiar with in that weapons platform, or something I've only used a handful of times in a pistol? Yes. Right. No. I. That's 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 an experience standpoint. Right. I'm just saying, like, yeah, you know, most people don't go into the military, right? And like, and that's why I'm saying, like, do I think we need a full on ban? No. All right. Because no, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm big on phrasing, and the phrasing shall not be infringed means thou now shall shall not f with. Right. But do I think we can restrict the heck out of it? Absolutely. Yes. No, that's fair. That's another, another soapbox moment. I'll, I'll, oh I'll... no, no, that that no. I like back when I had uh, 
uh, Damon Dubois on the show. He was like, you know, as the ultimate anarchist. No, yes. no, weapons are important. It's like, are you really doing things right then? If you still need need the weapons, like, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. So, bother me on Twitter with movies, not guns. <laughs> Guns, homophobia, transphobia. Like, bother me with funny memes, food recipes, and um, herb. Yeah, we're we're really simple guys. We know what we like. I just want you to rate and subscribe, five stars preferably. That's what I'm saying. Talk about talk all of the shit you want on my Twitter. Let's get (laughs) you know. You took the time to listen to the podcast, so it must be worthwhile to some extent. So, yes so well thank you very much uh andrew and uh, before i close out of course uh dang it now i gotta pay tribute to that little cat too taking away yeah. attention from station no but you know thank you Sk- well I, i'm i'm sure station's smothering the shit out of skimble there you go <laughs> so but thanks for all the lives touched by all those we who we lost there we go something we can all relate to and uh, just keep an eye on us so we don't screw up too bad. <laughs> so, Word. thank you very much, Andrew. And now I gotta figure if my older sister's still gonna be awake for the Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> but it was great talking to you again. Look forward uh, to it soon. You, thank you. Thank you. Better, everybody. Uh, good night. Can I hear a wahoo?